from our family to your family, this is A Legacy of Faith, the podcast. Welcome to A Legacy of Faith, a podcast designed to help your family survive the day, plan for tomorrow, and always keep an eye on eternity. This is episode number 164 of the podcast, and Leah, if you can believe it, polishing the pulpit is in the rearview mirror. Wow. Seemed like it would never get here. It only took, what, three years to get in the rearview mirror, but it is now in the rearview mirror, polishing the pulpit 2022. So how, how did it feel to be back at the Sevierville Event Center... And with like 10 billion people in a hallway and... It really felt, if you didn't know that you had been missing it for two years straight, it felt normal. (laughs) It felt like this is, I don't know. I mean, there were some things that were different this year just by, uh, you know, maybe not even COVID related, but just different. But then it was, it just felt like, well, this is right. This is, this is how it's supposed to be now. Yeah, it was it was very nice, and and the kids enjoyed it. We had both kids and teenage stuff this year, so basically we never slept. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Nine nights or eight nights of basically no sleep whatsoever because they weren't getting back in until ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night. But they had a great time, and it was nice to to get to go. And they've already put the dates up for twenty three, so we're <laughs> hoping back to normal and get to go every year. It was it was a lot of fun and. And uh, one of the things that you've heard me say, and I've said before to some people just at Polish the Pulpit or just talking about it, is yeah, I, I like to organize things. I can't imagine <laughs> organizing, and I know it takes more than one person. It, it's a group, but still, it is just absurd how much organization it takes. Because mm-hmm. every once in a while you'll see, like, you know, a microphone didn't work or something. But you think about, what, 800 and something lessons and all mm-hmm. these rooms and, like, if there's a mistake, you notice it, and it's like maybe one a day, mm-hmm. and it's, it's not true. that big of a deal. Very true. It's a massive train to drive. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. So that's uh, that's in the rearview mirror, and with that, we're rolling to through the month of September. Central's got a Ladies' Day coming up October the 1st, and then uh, our Gospel Mini for 2022 is later in October, so the thing's picking up here at Central with our first ladies day in three years mm-hmm. but we, the oddity is we've actually had a gospel meeting every year we we did not actually have to stop it in 20 uh because we had reopened stuff and we ran a like a safe window when that happened and mm-hmm. in 21 we had again so that's one of the few actual annual events we've had right. but still exciting to have that coming up and uh as this is being released about almost five or six weeks until the gospel meeting ladies day first day of october and so it's it's getting to that time of year where those things are happening the uh, holiday banquet in December, and, and then our our second annual youth retreat got shifted to December this year. We're going to freeze the kids to death and <laughs> and enjoy that. But just good, good things coming mm-hmm. up. And it's exciting to see kind of a normal end of the year calendar popping up here, including ladies' days and things. So yeah, it's always good to feel like things are normal again. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start the discussion this week in a different way. Usually I say, but you shared something on Facebook. You didn't. You shared something with me through Facebook uh, this time. <laughs> so a little different uh, angle this week. It's something that you, you have not shared uh, publicly, but something you read and, was, and you were like, 
I, I think this is pretty neat. What do you think? And maybe we could do a podcast. And I read it, and I was like, uh, yeah. Um, the website is one you've read for years off and on. It's mm-hmm. called Like Mother, Like Mother, Like Daughter. I'll make sure I get that correct. And just from the outset, we'll say this is actually a Catholic website. Uh, we don't agree with everything, even in the article. Uh, there's a couple of things here and there, you know, doctrinally, like one of the things is talking about praying to a saint or something. Right. So there's, there's a few lines here or there we would not agree with. Um, just as you said for years, reading it, you know, and sharing stuff with me, you're talking about it, that, you know, you're kind of like 99% of what they write is really good. Mm-hmm. So if, if you read the article, we'll link it in the, the show notes of this episode. Just understand we're putting that out there. We understand there's a couple things that you're going to disagree with, and that's okay. But the, the super, super, super short gist of the article, and I'll kind of give a crazy short synopsis and let you give kind of the, your synopsis and why you thought it would be neat to talk about is basically that wives need to trust their husbands, but that's really, really hard sometimes because of personality differences, typically. And I will, that's, one of the, that's one of my issues with the article, is it speaks sort of stereotypically. Not every couple is going to fall into this stereotype. That's true. I think most do, and that's why it's a stereotype, uh, but not all do. But kind of the stereotype of, <clears throat> you know, wife wants to talk through everything, husband wants to listen and then go figure stuff out and it drives the wife crazy and that drives the husband crazy and they're crazy is that a pretty good synopsis <laughs> yes so what why did you think okay besides frankly this is really well written why did you think hey i want you to read this adam but also this would be neat for us to sit here and talk about on a podcast and kind of work through together in that way well we we always say a lot of our topics come from just things that we are talking and dealing with we're surviving was our tagline surviving the day surviving the day um and honestly this has been something that we struggle with that we deal with and you know reading an article that kind of explains some things and puts it in a like you said a well-written way of saying you know here's what's really going on it at least helps you know for one you're not crazy and Mm -hmm. that maybe other people struggle with this too which is one of our um secondary goals of this blog or or podcast I mean is to be able to say you know we're not perfect Mm -hmm. you're not perfect we're all gonna try our best to do what we need to do to be good families and so it's worth sharing when you think it can it maybe can help other people and at least you know you know hey we 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 struggle with this too but it's normal but we we need to work on it one of the things that undergirds this article that we obviously agree with because not just we think it's a good idea because it's biblical is is the lady who wrote this really does emphasize male leadership in the home. Uh, that's not just a you know American thing. That's not just a Western thing. That's not just a male thing. That's a Bible thing. And and I, and I you know not just as a guy but as a Bible student I appreciate that 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 is you know one of the things that she you know emphasizes. But that she makes it clear in writing this that just because you know the man is to be the the leader the the final decision maker you, you choose your terminology there and she makes no bones about that exactly she makes it clear also though and she even says it the persons I mean the husband and wife are equal in dignity right you know she's not saying you know I'm I'm a submissive wife which means I'm a doormat she's saying I'm a submissive wife because God told me to but I'm still just as much a human being just as much value just as much mm-hmm. worth as my husband. But the line that you loved, yeah. um, and by the way, this is a really long article for, for a quote-unquote blog. I mean, it's, it takes probably nine or ten minutes to read it, especially if you kind of read it carefully. 
the one that you were like, this is really good, and I want to just read it and then let you kind of go for an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> she said, the husband is guided by the virtue of his wife and not her authority, but he is guided by it. By it. He listens to her much more than she thinks <coughs> when she speaks calmly. When she conveys to him assurance that she trusts his leadership, even when he falters and fails, remember people respond to affirmation, he then has the confidence to listen. Especially the first part of the little paragraph, you just love. But why did that jump out to you so much? Well, uh, because, you know, she had just got through writing about that there is this hierarchy in marriage, and the husband is the leader, and uh, that's biblical, as you say. And so then the opposite side of that for a lot of times for wives is, well, what about me? What, and not, in a, not even in a selfish way, but what about things that are important to me? What about things that I'm concerned with? If we are, you know, uh, equal in value, then there's got to be some conversation about what, what does it mean when, as a woman, I have um, an idea or a concern that you need to express to your husband and you know how do how do you do you can't have two people obviously being in charge you know and that's the dilemma of the modern family right now actually so you can't have two people being in charge so how does a how does a wife you know hold on to her dignity as an adult as an as a person and still be able to communicate in a way where she is you know still under her husband's submission in a way that is not going to drive him crazy, and I love the reason I love the way she that she worded that is that you know you you may not have authority over your husband, and you have to accept that, but that doesn't mean that there's not a way to, to convey your wishes and your desires and your what you could bring to the table, so to speak. That you know there is a way. You could guide your husband. Because I think when you really think about it, a lot of the strife comes from the fear of a wife who has to give herself and her well-being to another person. Mm-hmm. Even though he's, that's her husband, he's, he's a person. And, and I don't know if men realize that, husbands realize that. There's a fear that comes with that because he's a person. He's found, you know, she even mentions that. That, you know, even, even when he falters and fails. And, and that's scary. And so a wife wants to know that there is something she can do that will help him make good decisions and help him see things in a better light if he needs to. And, you know, there again, you know, he, you might not have authority to say, well, here's how we're going to do it because this is what I think. And I don't know what you're thinking, but this is not what I think is right. And here's what I'm going to do. And that's what, where we are in a lot of marriages is that a wife because she really feels this way thinks well I have equal value and I have equal authority so there's strife in the marriage well this one this article shows that or at least really I think does a good job showing that you can communicate with your husband and guide him in a way that is not taking his authority and and I love it's by your virtue yeah and that's one thing we didn't talk about that. We talked about it a little bit before we started recording. Actually, a little more than usual. Usually, we just hit record and go. But we we mentioned, hey, we we gonna have anything to talk about more than just trust your husband. End of podcast. But one thing I didn't mention to you about that line 
and, and it really, really was one of those things. When I read the article the first time after you shared it, it, it didn't come, didn't jump out to me. And I went back and reread it. <clears throat> excuse me. And it made me kind of think in this way that you know the husband is guided by the virtue of his wife. You mentioned that a lot of wives in our culture want to just have equal authority, and you know try to drive the husband that way or whatever. One of the things that I thought about rereading it and thinking through it again, and this is a little bit you know heavy for our podcast, but as you mentioned, is I think a lot of wives think they can drive their husband through non-virtue. In other words, like just you know being sexual, those sorts of things, and just doing right. doing almost sleazy kind of things to get what she wants. But if a man is a Christian husband, um, what he actually is driven by is the purity, the virtue of his wife, because he wants to protect that. Um, and I think you know, I think that plays into that too, the virtue side of it. She's not using any part of the marriage, authority or sex or money or anything else, just to get what she wants or to get the decisions she wants. She's a virtuous woman, and if he's the right kind of man, he's going to do the best he can to protect that, which is going to take the right kind of leadership. And I think it's interesting because when I read that, and I haven't mentioned this yet, <laughs> when I read that and, and that your husband is guided by your virtue, well, the first thing I thought of is the virtuous woman. Mm-hmm. Like, what what is virtue in womanhood? And it's really her doing the things to protect her family to take care of her family. And when you are doing your thing and doing it well, your husband ought to see what things are important to you and act on that without you having to say, and there there we go breaking down like, I shouldn't have to tell you, (laughs) you should just know this. So there's that, but. uh, Well, but well, I don't mean to just interrupt, but not, not saying it. She goes on to say what is, what is true. It's not that you don't say it. But it's how it's said, because she says about you know he listens more, especially when she talks calmly, because that's how men deal with stuff. It's just facts, figures. Give me right. the, give me the, you know. And it's not that a woman can't express her emotions, and you know, I'm not suggesting that. But the more, and I'm mean, I'm not using this word to be funny or over the top, but as the more hysterical she is, it's hard for women to understand this. But the less he hears, because he starts paying attention to just the hysterics instead of what's the fact here. What's the situation here? Let me have that, and let me work on it. Let me think through it, because men are fixers, to, you know, again, stereotypically. And I think that's what she's getting at, is not never say anything, but if she just simply says calmly, you know, this is what's bothering more, this is something we need to improve on, or this is the situation, then a man's brain goes into gear, whereas if she's going hysterical, his gear is in, how do I stop from being hysterical? And he, stop, he, stop, he starts forgetting about what's the actual issue here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. All right. She goes on to talk about, and we're not going to review the entire article, one for time's sake, but also because, frankly, we want you to read it. One thing that I think she hit on, and, and maybe overemphasized a little bit, and it, maybe it's a personal thing, she blamed a lot, not blamed a lot, but said a lot about like the lockdowns and COVID and stuff, how it drove men to inaction, which is, I love to work inimical which I was like, what does that mean? Uh, to, to, to the, you know, men want to do stuff. And lockdowns forced them to stay at home for, you know, again, not every man, but typically it's, you know, at least they slowed down if nothing else. But I think the point she was trying to make was maybe if he didn't have to stay at home. Like I never, I never stayed at home. I went to the office every day. We had less than five in my mm-hmm. office, no matter what. But it did force men into this very uncomfortable, I can't control this. And I can't do what I usually do. 
And I, this is not in this article, Leah, but I, I read a thing one time. Sorry, I heard a thing one time that talked about that the longing of a man's heart, and I'm not sure I agree with the wording, but I get the concept, is to conquer something. And and the point that the speaker made was that sounds really terrible. Well, but okay, for me, for example, why do I like to garden? Because I can conquer the land, right? And it, it's just that longing. Whereas COVID lockdown and stuff, you sat in your easy chair for some, some men for a year, and it just drove out that de, you know desire to quote unquote conquer. And I think a lot of women got sick of it, and the only way they knew to handle it was to take over. And I think mm-hmm. she taps into some of that, but. It doesn't have to be COVID. Let's quit blaming everything on COVID. Right, I was going to say, sex. you could say that. That had that could be very well happening even before, you mm-hmm. know, COVID. I mean, maybe more so with jobs being brought home more or shut down for, you know, a little bit. But just the idea of, I mean, isn't that the classic thing that, you know, the, the struggle between men and women in leadership is that sometimes women do that because men don't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's not the right way to take care of that problem. And women need to understand that. But it's a very understandable uh, reaction, you know, because women are nurturers and they don't want the nurturing to stop. And and if the man's leadership stops or his providing stops, then it makes you feel like you've got to, because that's your source of nurturing, you know, is you've got to have that provision to nurture your family. And so it's a, and you could say that in churches too, like Mm -hmm. a male leadership stops women care enough about the teaching and the nurturing that they're going to step it up. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people finding the balance between the right way to encourage men to be the leaders. and, And that's kind of where she goes in this article is that a lot of times women will misunderstand the, the, the shutting down mm-hmm. or quietness for inaction. And that's not what she, you know, that's not what she needs to respond to. It, you know, in, in the point of one of the main points of the article is just to be patient and wait on him. And trust that he actually and trust is thinking. that he is not just being inactive, that he's thinking and, and he's going to think like you say more clearly in your, if your tone isn't hysterical, if you're, you're calm as you ask, or if you don't just insinuate that he's not thinking about something that you ask, like she mentions one of the examples is, you know, if, if there's something going on in the world or in your family that's concerning you, instead of, you know, saying this in a hysterical way, like, I, you know, this is so horrible and I don't know what in the world we're going to do, you know, or I don't know what we're going to do in the family, or I don't know what's going to happen with the world. If that's the way you respond and start the conversation then that's making him feel like you don't believe that he could have a plan to protect you because you don't know what we will do if this happened you know and she said that the a good way to begin conversations that when you need to is what do you think about that mm-hmm. because then it's showing him a little bit of respect that he's he's read the news article mm-hmm. or He's seen the problem in the family. And he may not have a full answer, but the main thing he says is show him respect that he, he's, he's not a moron. He, he knows that X, Y, and Z happened. And he may say, yeah, that's bad, and 
I've got to think about that. Right. And that may drive a woman crazy, but it may also say he actually is thinking about this. Right. Which a lot of women think men don't, but they do. It's uh, just, you know, just the differences in how we process. Yeah. You know. one, one of the things that stood out to me, and, and really stood out to me more, and I, I try to be careful in, in saying this, because I say like in counseling, I'm not a licensed counselor, um, but just people who come to me for advice is probably a better way of saying it, especially premarital, marital advice, those sorts of things. It's in a paragraph or a section where he talks about how society kind of mocks male leadership, especially the husband, the right kind of husband, you know, it's, it's that sort of thing. But this sentence just jumped off the page of me again, not necessarily for you and me, but for just helping couples that I, I deal with and we deal with sometimes, you know, call us for advice or whatever, talk to us and polish the bullet, that sort of thing. No one cares a shred for what makes men happy. Here's the key. No one bothers to understand their, the men's, psychology, though woe betide men if they don't understand a woman's. Amen to that. As right. Culturally. 100% of the time, no. But overall in the culture, she is dead on about that. I, don't, I just can't understand men. Why can't you understand me? Mm-hmm. I've heard that a lot. How many times? Again, just in advice things, maybe those exact words, where it's okay for a woman to say, I just can't understand men, but, you know, batten down the hatches if he's not trying to kill himself to understand her. And mm-hmm. that's just not fair and it's not right. Or, you know, the conversation along with that, and I think she mentions it's the conversation centered around what women need. What do mm-hmm. they need to survive and to thrive? But somehow if you talk about that with, uh, you know, regarding men, then, you know, I mean, you see it more and more like, well, they've ruled the world for a year. What do they need to, you know, like, well, you know, there might've been times where they were and 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 I, and I think when you start conversations like this, that's the go to or the rabbit trail people will get on is, you know, that men, yes, are important, but the reason people focus on women and their needs is because for so long, maybe they weren't considered that's true, but that doesn't mean the, the as you say, the pendulum pendulum <laughs> swings all the way over again because then you're just harming mm-hmm. society again. And if women really care about, you know, equal <laughs> rights and honor, then they they wouldn't want men to be suffering the way that they are fighting against the times that women have suffered with maybe mistreatment or whatever so there the better way is obviously god's way and you know he did lay out here's here's the deal as far as you know love and respect and and submission you know to one another but then in the family the the order of authority and all of that is to help us know how to handle these situations yeah there's there's another section here that when i read i thought okay i know she wrote this but surely she ran this by her husband because she nails it and again, I, I'll say this for me, but I also say it for times I've helped people, counsel people. The stark dichotomy, I love that word. I need to use that more often because it sounds smart. I'm not sure what it means, but it sounds smart. <laughs> the, the stark dichotomy, now see, yeah, that's why I don't use it, <laughs> dichotomy between what our society and even close family think a man is and what he knows himself to be, even if he doesn't admit it, creates conflict within him. He can't talk about it because he's a man. To mention it is to fail. She's a hundred percent right. She's a hundred, and I, and I'm not gonna say she's a hundred percent right about a hundred percent of men, 
But she's 100% right, probably 99.99% of men. Whatever society, whatever a wife, whatever kids, whatever parents think that that man is or what he's supposed to be, he knows he's not, but he can't talk about it because he's a guy. Because if he says, I'm not that, he just means a failure. And no man wants to say they failed at anything. And women can't understand that. They want to talk about, I need to be better at this. Or we need to be better at this. A man can't admit it. And so the, the phrase she uses that creates conflict within him, she's dead on. Men who are trying to do what's right live with that 100% of the time. So going, going back up, she's summarizing why the earlier parts are important because if you start out with the assumption that your husband that you feel like things are not going to be great and he can't protect you and take care of you then he's in his mind a failure and and more a failure now because now right. she knows it yes or now and she that, thinks it's a better way and so the way to, to a good way to handle that would be to give him a, a reason or give him a, something to build on. Let him be a conqueror. You know, he can be a conqueror just by having a plan mm-hmm. and talking about it and trying, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even if there is something overwhelming that in the end, you know, part of the part of the man's psychology is that he's going to fight and and try to conquer and so if there is a problem he needs to to know that you're giving him permission to go ahead and try to conquer it not not insinuate that you know you don't think he could do it or that you're so worried about it because he's not doing it or whatever because he's not exactly the way you think he should have done it and he's trying and also even if there is a problem, he can't talk about it because, I mean, here's, I think another part of what she's saying there is, let's say a woman wants to talk about an issue and she sees it and she understands it, but he's not going to talk about it because admitting that he didn't see it, him having to admit he's a failure too. Yep. Or admitting that he doesn't know what to do about it, he's having to admit he's a failure. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier for a man just to close up. Which, what sometimes though, sometimes there's some middle ground there, right? Yeah, there has to be some middle ground. But that pride can get in the way. Like yeah, you're not exactly. a failure because you were busy looking at something different right. in it's, the family dynamic, and you missed this. To go back to your word picture earlier, it's the pendulum thing. Yes, there, there needs to be a middle ground to some degree where they can talk about it. But a lot of women want to jump the pendulum all the other side and just jump over their man for not doing anything. And that's just going to close him off more. Instead of trying to meet in the middle of, yeah, try to draw something out of here's something to work on. But if you jump all over him, you've just lost it. You've lost everything because you've just pushed him further into I'm a failure. Because now my wife has to take care of this and she has to take care of me. And you've just shut him down 100%. Um, and... And maybe, I know it's mathematically impossible, maybe more than 100%, because you may have just lost the next battle, too. Because he's he not, now his pride's going to be like, I'm going to show her, <laughs> see if she can solve the next one. That's it. And that's not right. I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying that's very common. At the We're running a little bit short. Well, that's running short on time, because it's a podcast. We go for seven hours if we want to. 
but at the end she gives I think it's like six steps we're not going to go through all of them one of them is pray to St. Joseph we would not recommend that we'd say pray to God that's probably a much better idea mm-hmm. instead of praying to a saint I'd say you know pray to the creator good. of the universe that'd be probably mm-hmm. a you know, creator of the family that'd probably be a little better idea in fact it'd be the biblical idea but there are a couple of things in here we're not going to go through all six because we want people to read the article there's a couple I want to point out just that she gives for tips for wives as they kind of think through um, you know trying to deal with this because look I'm a husband I'm a wife I can see how this would be difficult but I think these are good steps one of them is just simply I'm putting different words here try to put yourself in his shoes for a second understand and ponder the tremendous stress of being a husband and father and then she adds in a world that sees no value in these roles uh, when his very being requires that he embrace them Uh, yeah embrace them instead of embraces them um you know, it's, it's the old put yourself in his shoes for a second. The same thing we tell a husband. Every once in a while, I try to look at things through your wife's side. This is not meant to be one-sided, but this article, it kind of is. You know, you want a husband to try to look at things through his wife's eyes as well. But I really like she doesn't just say, hey, you know, try to think of what he's got on him. Try to think of what he's got, got on him in this world. It's not it's not just hard to be a husband any time. You know, it's always true. But it's really hard to be a husband. It's not really hard to be a Christian husband. In a world that just says, you're expendable, you're not important, you're stupid. And he's got that on top of just dealing with the fact that he's trying to carry all this stuff. And trying to remember that is a huge step. And then another one I'll mention um, is um, is simply, <laughs> like she adds like 15 adverbs beginning of this one, so I just do it. Genuinely, honestly, <laughs> humbly. <laughs> Question your own tone and timing in bringing stressful topics up. Again, put it in shorter terms. Timing is everything, mm-hmm. right? And tone. And tone. It really is. And I'm not trying to just take up for guys here and say, hey, they get whatever they want all the time. But if he has been at work all day, it's been a horrible day at work, and then he comes home and it's just, why don't you take care of this? It's over. It's over at that point in time. But if there is a moment of, we have a situation, you know, we'll, we'll deal with it in a few minutes. I know you need to go rest for a couple of, Yeah, that's, that's a major difference <laughs> than just getting blasted as soon as you walk into the door. Um, and, and, and the tone also, you know, the tone and the timing play into that. And I will say what you just said means a lot, too, because, you know, I, this is something I've heard for years is that you don't need your husband to come in and you're a wreck and you're upset well, sometimes you hear that as a wife and you think, okay, but what if, like, what if it has been a horrible day or what if something, you know, just not, not literally, not literally, but maybe, you know, exploded on you and, and it feels demeaning to a woman for her to have to put a pretty little smile on her face and pretend that her little world is perfect because, of course, you don't want your husband to have to worry about everything that you've had to worry about. And so, like, I think there has to be a way to communicate, if you're a husband, this to your wife without her thinking. And and I'm saying even women teachers sometimes communicate this without giving the idea that your feelings as a woman, your knowledge of what has gone on in the house should not be at all compared to what your husband's just been out there doing because that makes her feel less valuable Mm -hmm. just in and of itself. Like your work here is not to be compared with his hard day, so don't bring it up to him. Just don't bring it up. You're going to bring the mood down. You know, he needs to have you be happy when he comes home. And, 
it's almost like I, I, that's the ideal, but mm-hmm. reality is how do you handle it in those days? And maybe what you just said, you know, saying, well, today's not been great, but we can talk about it later. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and, and that's something, you as, know. As, as a guy, and just this is maybe my personality, I think some of that too is <laughs> depending on how far away from home you live. <laughs> because if you got a two-minute commute, you probably do need you know five or ten minutes when you get home to still, de- especially if you have a very stressful job or just had a stressful day. Now, if you got an hour and a half commute home, you probably could should have the stress worked off by the time you get home and <laughs> you can deal with something. But there, you know, but it also the other side of that. And you're you're right, you know, that if there has been, it's a horrible day or you know something really just has gone wrong and you know that that's part of it and needs to be dealt with to some degree. But there's also a sense of, I know my day's been stressful, I know your day has been stressful, but if the first thing that's felt as soon as my walks in the door is, this is going to be a terrible evening, then it's going to be a terrible evening. But if there's a calmness to, yeah, we've had a pretty bad day, but let's take 15 minutes and talk about this for, you know, that's a little different than just jumping on somebody as soon as they come in the door, because it's like, okay, I at least have some time to decompress, get work out of my system, you know, let the wife think through, okay, yeah, this was bad, but not everything was bad. Let's actually deal with this issue and then move on. And that's a major difference than just jumping down somebody's throat when they come in the door and thinking, okay, the rest of this evening's going to stink. Yeah, but and, if, and it will. But if you, you know, finding what works for you and your spouse, you know, you, if you're a wife, what works for you and your husband, that would be key. And it may be if he needs some time, but as you know, as the husband, I think it'd be fair to say, but, but come back to her, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't say, well, if she doesn't bring it up, I'm for sure not going to bring it up because then that puts her in that position again. Like if there's something that's on her mind that, that has happened, you know, I don't know. Just, just don't come back to it in the bottom of the ninth of a playoff game. I, I know, but I'm just saying this is where things like <laughs> this, the it breaks down because, you know, oh, this is what you should do. I mean, I think everybody listening to this would be saying, I know exactly what she's talking about or, or a husband hearing you, I know what he's talking about. But as you know, as you're dealing in your marriage, I think it would be good to find what works. And if you if you say, give me time, and I think our days and evenings will be smoother and we'll decompress a little bit, like out on the deck. You know, you don't drink coffee here. I'd say a cup of coffee. That's a good uh, idea. Get caffeine before you get all fired <laughs> up at stuff. No way. But you Water know, or Sprite. but then Much make make that the the time if there are issues with the kids or you know with whatever it might be. And of course, every relationship is going to be different. Your lifestyles are going to be different. Maybe it's the wife needing to decompress maybe it's the husband needing to decompress you know it just whatever it is finding ways to do that so that you know the wife is not maybe too emotional about like you say coming in and being but I've said before and this is me being real it's hard you know what what would the most you know guys say when they come home you every time you come home it's like hey how was your day (laughs) so what just maybe I should say when it's not good, not good, but we can talk about it later. That's that's better than we got stuff to work on. <laughs> like, all right, I think I uh, I've never fixed a lawnmower, but I think it's time to start doing that right now. I don't, I don't know. Like, 
the driveway need painting? I was thinking about doing that. I, I know I know it's concrete, but I think it'd look good in blue. How about that? It's <laughs> <laughs> just the way it is. So the the article's good. We, we'll we'll link it in the show notes. As we said again, we don't agree with everything in it, especially paying you know praying to the patron saint of families or something. But but overall, it really is thought provoking, and we've said a couple of times. I know you said it at least once. It, it kind of does paint the ideal, but as Christians, that's what we're supposed to be shooting for. Right. Um, it's not always the ideal, but that's what we should be shooting for. And so you know, I think sometimes we want advice that just says, "Well, sometimes life stinks." Yeah, it does, but let's shoot for the ideal if we fall a little short of that it's a whole lot better than just saying stuff stinks all the time um so anything else we need to say because i know the article's like you know eight hours long or whatever but want people to read it anyway nope all right I'm trying to think of we're recording this earlier than usual so, yeah our next episode will still be in september but that's amazing we're almost through with we're into the going into the fall i know playoff baseball Exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> did you know? Did you know that a pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks this year is forty percent more? Not forty percent more, forty cents more than it was last year. The mm-hmm. average sp- pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks this year five dollars and ninety five cents before tax. Guess what? What? I don't like pumpkin spice lattes. Yeah, I don't like lattes or pumpkin spice <laughs> or really Starbucks for that matter. I so. do like white chocolate mocha, but I don't go. I don't go do it because it is kind of pricey. You do it sometimes. Sometimes. It's a treat. It's not like a popping in every day on the way to run errands or whatever. It's just, $6 a pop. I was going to say, I don't, when I can get a big thing of Folgers coffee, <laughs> That's right. it's, hard to, it's hard to go do that unless it's just a... The legitimate treat, you know, ever so often. Now, Starbucks had Hershey's dark chocolate bars. <laughs> melted in a, melted no, in a cup. No, just Hershey's dark chocolate bars. <laughs> you could get your white chocolate mocha, and I could get something good. Uh, white, chocolate, white chocolate mocha is good. <laughs> Matcha stuff. No thanks. All right. Anyway, Leah, I love you. <laughs> love you. <laughs> I thought we didn't know something light there. <laughs> Until next time, remember your family can go to heaven. Just make sure you go there together.